Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastor's Porch. Uh, Super excited that you guys are joining us today. We are going to start a um, new series, if you want to call it, um, today, more more or less, we're going to take a biblical account today and just kind of um, dissect it over the next couple weeks. And so, um, Pastor Zach and I, we we both love this passage of Scripture. Um, it's one that can teach a lot if you take time and study it out. And so, for the next several weeks, we are going to be looking at the life of Job. Uh, we're going to take the beginning of his life and talk about some spiritual implications and just some things of, of who he was as a man. Uh, then obviously over the next couple of weeks we'll talk about um, everything in between from, from the hardships, from the rewards to, to the completion of, of Joe's uh, journey, his ministry, and, and his life uh, through the book of Job. And so I'm going to preface this by saying we are not going to be reading through the entire book of Job together, but we want you guys on your own time and your own ways as we talk about some things, study it out for yourself. Uh, read the account of Job. Um, it is a wonderful ac- account in, in scriptures, and there's so many little details throughout this entire book that uh, can be missed if you just skimmed over it. And so we're going to kind of Hopefully, talk about some of those little things that as as we get into this um, today and over the next coming weeks. But uh, in your own way and in your own time, however you like to study, um, before the end of the year, take time and just study Job out. Are you going to tell the joke? Oh, you want me? To yeah, tell I want joke? you to tell the joke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I joked with Pastor Zach of of a joke I was going to say uh, to start, and so I guess now he wants me to share I ain't it. So. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo-hoo. Don't cry. We have plenty more podcasts coming your way. See? <laughs> Such a good joke, man. Hey, we're glad to be back together. Pastor T and I, we've, uh, over the last few weeks... Has been almost a full month. It's been like, uh, if we remember how to do this together, we've been, we've been doing a lot of them separately. They've all been enjoyable. They've all they've all brought joy uh, to my life and, and encouragement and got our uh, wives involved and, and uh, Brother Bo and his ministry and vision and, and just how cool was that? I mean, God's just good. And so uh, I am excited about this conversation because I'll be honest with you, um, you know, as we talked about, you know, we're looking for something to talk about and kind of praying that through uh, the account of Job um, is just fascinating. I mean, we were just talking just a minute ago before we pressed the record button. Um, you could literally start at verse one and find something amazing. You go to verse two, yep. find a biblical truth. I mean, just just every line, especially those first few chapters. I mean, really the whole book. But we we uh, as a culture, then the first chapter is just wild. I mean, it just is. I oh, mean, absolutely. the first chapter is is encouraging. It's wild. It's it's hard for us to understand. I mean, some of us get around uh, verse number six. You know, in verse number seven, and we're like, "What is even happening?" You know, and then, but we—I think we should just start with verse number one, absolutely, because really, to understand the whole book of Job, 
you've got to first see verse one, and I would even say, you know, the first the first fifteen verses, maybe the first fifteen, sixteen, and really the whole first chap first chapter. Um, you're gonna see something here that is encouraging, helpful. I think it's good for us to know. It's good for us to hear chronologically to know when this is. You know, Correct. I mean, historically, Correct. when is this happening? Uh, what is happening? And so maybe just read us uh, the first few verses there, Pastor T. Yeah, I'm going to read the first five verses yeah. to start with. Yeah, do that. Um, there was a man, excuse me, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Mm. And there were born unto him, I want you guys to pay attention to these numbers. There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Mm. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Mm. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, mm. rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. What a blessing. Oh, man. There's so much there. Uh, I hear things jump off the page to me like a man that was upright before God, right? So not only was the man upright before God, but then it says something along these lines that he's blameless and upright fearing God. When I hear that, I'm thinking about uh, reverencing God, but also turning away or eschewing, eschewing uh, evil. That sounds active to me, you know? Yeah. When you read that, that sounds active to me. And and then I get, you know, yes, the numbers thing, you know, you get into the, the number of authority and um, the number of completeness and seven and the Trinity and three and just, just the the... I guess the reality, if you will, if you'd say the reality of, of everything that's going on here. But one of the really interesting parts to me is that verse number five. You know, how to, how how is he the wisest man in the East? Or how is he this, this man who fears God and excuse evil? But like you see verse number five, that it's a daily life. Right. Yeah. So God didn't just give him these kids and he's got it all figured out. But like you see daily, he's pursuing the Lord through making offerings for his children, for, for what God is giving him. Yeah. Essentially, he's correct saying, Lord, these are your children. I'm here on behalf of them. I mean, what a dad, man. Yeah. I'm here on behalf of them making an offering to the Lord to cover the sins of of his children. Yeah, and it's what's well what's crazy about that too is the fact that it doesn't say he did it once or he did it when he felt like they were in their most sinful state. It said that he did it continually. Right? That's the most he did it um and amplified it says, Thus did Job at 
all times. Mm, at all times. It is something continual. And, man, it just it begs the question for just us as as a body of Christ and as, mm-hmm. and as moms and dads and spiritual leaders in, in churches and everything is what do we do continually for the Lord? Think about it. Think about it. Right? Job, on the account for his kids, made burnt offerings for them. Essentially, just going back to exactly what you said, essentially he was saying, here, I'm here on their behalf. To bless them. Yeah. And, and, and you think about a, a book like the book of Job, how it's written. Yeah. Um, the context, the why, the um, historical yet um, holy word that is in the book of Job. Just the account, you know. Like, there's going to be a moment here in just a short period of time that we're going to see why the book of Job is written, you know? I don't think that the book of Job is written just to tell us he was an upright man, you know? I don't think it's written just to tell us he did those sacrifices, but there's this fascinating moment that we can't get away from, and people might not want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. In verse number six, I believe it is, um... Where this happens. This happened. We can't go away from it, okay? And so what I think people need to realize is historically, chronologically, this is happening about the same time as Genesis chapter 12. I mean, if you look at a correct if you look at a chronological context of the Bible, timing wise, this is about the same time as Abraham was on the earth. Okay, so this is seemingly in that time period, okay? You can debate over if it was at right after chapter 11 or before Abraham or after Abraham. I mean, I'll let the scholars argue that out. But it was somewhere around around Genesis 12. Correct. Job is one of the oldest recordings in the Bible. Absolutely. Um, but this word that happens next is fascinating. Yes. Because this is what it says. Let's just read it. I'm going to read it. I have the NASB. Pastor T's got the King James. I'm going I'm to read that out of the NASB. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them. Mm. Listen to this. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered to the Lord from roaming about the earth and walking around on it. So can we just pause there and take a doctrinal stance for just a minute? Let's talk about this because people don't like to talk about it. We're just going to talk about it. Where does Satan have authority right now? Satan has been cursed to the earth. earth he has of he's the a air. principality of the air. Yep. Obviously, at this point of this writing, he still had access to do what? To be an accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says in the Gospels that he saw Satan fall like lightning. Yep. Yet here is this conversation where he's obviously where he's meet, been on the earth. And he's meeting with the sons of God that are coming to but make their presence known. But he still has access to make the accusation against Job. Correct. Now, I don't want to get caught up into that and chase it because I will chase that. For, <laughs> we'll be here for five hours and I'll be talking about it. Because it, it is a thought in my mind, you know. Principality, powers of the air, you know, this sort of thing. So, But it is interesting to me that he immediately says, 
Oh, hey, I've been going to and fro on the earth seeking whom I may devour, right? Your, your Bible says that he's walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But watch what happens next. This may be, I preached this at a men's conference one time. This may be my favorite verse in the whole book of Job. Yep. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? Hmm. So hold on a second. I'm just a dad, man. I'm just a guy with friends. I'm just a guy in a church here. But this is what I'm hearing. Satan comes in ready to accuse whomever. And Jesus, the Lord, yeah. in seeing Satan, in seeing the sons of God or the angels gathered, those that are gathered around, indicates in that verse that he's had his eyes fixed on Job. Absolutely. So I would pose this thought. If you're living a life in reverence to God, if you're living a life of worship, making the sacrifice, I would pose to you that based on the totality of Scripture, the eyes of the Lord are fixed on you. Yeah. Um, because the Bible says plainly over and over and over and over again, I preached last Sunday, the Lord is no respecter Correct. of persons. Correct. Which means if he's got his eyes on Job, I mean, how many times in the book of Psalms does it say, the eyes are upon the righteous and he turns his back on the evil? Yep. Right? So, I mean, his eyes are fixated. So this whole thought to me, that somehow, some way, the Lord is fixated on those who fear him. Yeah. On those who reverence him. That thought may be the most overwhelming thought in my life. So I have I have a sermon on this account of scripture and another account in Job that I'm just it's on the back burner and one thing that as I've studied this out and, and read this over I, I'm with you like that that just it blows my mind mm -hmm. but it also shows the sovereignty of God doesn't it His heart doesn't it because here's here's what here's what I look at that when I see that okay Job's not the only one gathering here right right. If you go back and you read verse six, it says, "Now there was a day when the sons. Last time I know, I'm not. I wasn't very good at English in high school and college, but mm -hmm. any time that it was son with an S, it was plural. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, mm -hmm. Satan was also among them. So just imagine with me. This is how I think about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is how you know we have our men's meeting, our women's meeting. Right. Uh, you know." For those that have multiple, multiple kids, okay? Imagine you have like 10 to 12 guys in a room. Yeah. Right? Okay? And you're about to speak to 10 to 12 of the guys, okay? Yeah. And there's just this one guy that's kind of walking around, basically seeing who he, he's going to harm. Yeah. Okay? Ultimately, because that's all that Satan mm -hmm. is looking to do. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he seek him to whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. Okay? And out of... Those 12 guys in the room, Jesus says, hey, Job, walk over walk over here. And he's like, hey, Satan, mm -hmm. have you considered messing with this guy? Yeah. Mm. There are 11 other guys in the room. Mm. I'm going to get emotional talk about it, that Jesus is protecting. Mm. That the Lord is protecting in that. That, when I read this account of Scripture... 
Like, and I, and I think about that. Mm-hmm. The sovereignty and the heart and the love of God mm-hmm. to know, going exactly back to what you're saying, that Job is, is righteous. Job has a reverence like he's got for the Lord. Through. Job yeah. is a perfect man. That's what the, that's what the scripture says. Job is, is not only making sacrifices for himself, but he's making sacrifices continually all day, every day for his kids. The Lord sees that and was like, you know what, Satan, have you considered, have you thought about messing with him? And all this time on the other side, all these other men take it to take it to today, all these other women, all these other children that Satan could have an opportunity mm-hmm. to mess with, but God sends somebody else in their place. Think mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. You know, well that's what I mean, how tempted. many times how many times in the New Testament does it talk about how, you know, like, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, suffering produces godliness. Yeah. You know, um, trials sharpen us. You know, iron sharps iron. You Correct. Know, in the book of Proverbs, uh, friction causes growth. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just does. Absolutely. It just does. I mean, if you're not willing to come together, and so when I hear that and I hear you talk, I'm just sitting here thinking like, you know, God knew Job was going to be able to handle it. Yeah. And, and also, then I also think about, and this is a, please don't let me get sidetracked, but I do have this thought. Okay, take it one step further. At where in this scripture does it talk about Job's kids being godly? You know, like it doesn't. And so mm-hmm. then that's another thought, like like we can't live off our parents' faith. Yeah. You know? Like I hope young people Correct. hear this. Like like you're not going to make it. You may, you, may, you may be introduced to Jesus through your parents, but you're not going to follow Jesus um, through your parents, you're going to have to have your own relationship. And so I, I have these thoughts too, right? Like why, why these kids, why, you know, and, and they were eating and drinking and, and maybe it was just their focus, you know, was not on the Lord, but you know, it, this whole, this whole account, right? Like why was Job having to go daily to make sacrifice, you know? And, and I think the Bible says if they had sinned. And so it doesn't really speak to it. So I don't want to like, I don't want to try to build doctrine off of it, but no, I but- would say like, this is evidence again that your relationship, your personal relationship, is what matters. Absolutely. And and um, at some point, you know, us dads have to see that in our kids. Correct. You know? um, nothing cooler than watching your kids come into their own faith. You know, and uh, we've talked about that before on the show. But but the reality is, this test, if you will, this encounter, this trial whatever word you want to put on it right it's coming screaming down the the line right i mean it's fixing to hit yeah and and what i mean he starts losing his cattle he starts losing his servants i mean there's a fire there's sword there's there's a tornado i think it's a tornado <laughs> i don't know what it else would be it says a great wind i'm going i mean the only great wind i know in arkansas is a tornado so <laughs> i'm going out on a limb and saying some kind of tornado that killed his kids i think correct and correct. there's a you know his 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 servants are killed his livestock and i mean nobody's escaping right everyone everything is coming under this time right and I think that is interesting when we think about tests or trials. Um, well, people don't like to talk about it, but sometimes those do come, and they are challenging. 
But what was Job's response? Oh, it gives me chills just thinking about it and reading it. I, I'm just going to read it straight read from it. the scripture. It's read the last it. three verses. Yeah. Because, oh man, if we had an inkling yeah. of as Christians today, I want you, 100%. you that are listening to this, I want you to actually think about this. Because as I read this, I think of all the times I've failed when these thing, things like this have come my way. Well, you're the only one. <laughs> Nobody else has ever but felt it. If yeah, we just had an us. inkling of how Job responds, listen to this. Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshiped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to pay attention to this last verse, how it opens with this. In all of this, Job sinned not, mm. nor charged God foolishly. Wow. Just that verse. Yeah. You know, because I, I think about my own life, because I'm fleshly, I'm human, I was born into a sinful nature. There have been some times where I have... Been like, God, why did you do that? Sure. That's that's a foolish charge, mm-hmm. right? God, why did you allow that? Yeah. God, why did you take this away from me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all, I, and just in life in general, and it just, man, it it amazes me. I'm just fathomed by the fact that Job, in all of that, and even in the the shaving of his head and the mourning process basically mm-hmm. is what he was what he was doing renting his clothes mm-hmm. shaving of his head and all of that process he still did it with a reverence and a fear and a worshipful attitude towards yeah. God I think that's a good point that you brought that up because I have I've had these conversations with people before about the book of Job and and they always say well, like Job didn't he just didn't care and he just he just was so focused on God he didn't care about his family like I don't think you understand culture. I don't think you understand like the things that he did were an outward symbol of inner turmoil. Absolutely. Um, they, the shaving of the head uh, for lack of a better word, disfigured or, uh, you know, took away from Correct. the covering. Right. Correct. And then the tearing of the clothes was a symbol of the tearing of the heart. Right. Correct. And so, I mean, so to say Job wasn't, feeling I'm always like did you read the whole book did you like clearly Job's feeling right like clearly there's an emotional response to this but I do think it's interesting we talked about this last night in the adult class at the church um we talked about the difference in peace and in no peace man and yeah. and man you spend as much time around dead folks as I have or or death or whatever you know those years I spent in law enforcement you just run into death, right? Someone who has peace in God and someone who doesn't, it's a completely different conversation, engagement, whatever word you want to use for it, right? Um, and so what I see in this is a confidence, right? I don't see an arrogance. I don't see a man lacking empathy. I don't see, I don't see a man lacking sympathy. What I see is a trust, yeah. you know? A, a strong belief and conviction that he served the Lord God Jehovah and that 
no matter what. What does he say? You know, naked I came into this world. Yep. Naked I'll go out. Yep. Right? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To me, I don't hear, uh, I don't care. I don't hear, I don't care. I hear focus and I hear heartbreak mixed in with complete faith. Yeah. I'm going to read this commentary on this. Okay. It says, Adversity tests the genuineness and the reality of a man's religious life. Bro, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I said this to my sons yesterday on the way to the church. And, of course, I had no idea we were going to talk about Job. I told them we were dealing with an issue and they were both kind of struggling with it. And I said, boys, listen to me. I said, if you want to know what kind of a character a man has, Mm. put them in adversity. Mm. Word for word. I had no idea we were going to talk about this. I said, if you want to know who they are, put them in adversity. It goes on to say, adversity improves the quality of the religious life so that all true believers are able to say it was good for me that I was afflicted because it renders our life to be more thoughtful, to be more robust, to be more intense and prayerful, to be more rounded and complete, and to be more tender and sympathetic. Yes. 100%. Yes. Adversity reveals what's inside of us. Absolutely. I said that to somebody last night. I said, man, out of the abundance of the heart, you know, the scripture says the mouth speaks, right? Yeah. Well, what does adversity do? It reveals genuine character. Absolutely. This, this moment isn't Job putting on a show. No. This is Job being who he is in the worst moment of his life. Absolutely. In the worst moment of his life, the same man who eschewed evil, who who uh, was perfect and blameless. Uh, we used to say it when I was a kid, when push come to shove, the heart of Job is still here. Yeah. But it, but, but I, I mean, dude, and we could go on this all day long. What's the one thing Satan can't change about you? It's your relationship. As long as you have that relationship, right? I mean, I mean, let's be honest, man. There's times we could talk about being tempted by Satan. Correct. We can look at Matthew 4, Luke 4. We can look at the book of Job. He's we can the look accuser at, of we the brethren. What did Jesus say to Peter? Simon, Simon, I've prayed for you because Satan has desired to do what? Sift you as wheat. I don't know if you've ever seen wheat get sifted. It's not a pleasurable experience. No, it's I, I've never been a piece of wheat, but I'm assuming it's not fun. <laughs> well, I've watched it. I've watched it. Fun. It's the separating, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this is happening, right? Paul talks about it, right? Paul talks about being tempted. So who are we to say that temptation won't come, right? Or test or trials. I think sometimes we're so Americanized in Christianity that, oh, we, think, they, that we think if we get a cold, we're under the judgment of God. We're like, oh, God hates me. I got a cold. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> but that's what people think, you know. They listen to these prosperity pimps on television preaching a gospel that ain't real. And they, they think that, like, if something bad happens to you, God don't love you. Hello, Book of Job, perfect example. I would venture to say it's it's more of a testimony to God and Job's relationship. Well, I mean, you just think, going back to what we verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, where it literally, God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Like the fact, just the fact that the Lord himself is 
giving Satan someone to test. Well, here's the thing, man. Because like, of the yeah. relationship Job has with him. Well, here's the thing about that, and that, that, that just goes further. I thought about this. I preached that a few years ago, and I, and I remember. I don't remember every sermon I've ever preached, but I remember this one. And I remember thinking, uh, as my kids have grown, you know, whether it's in a church event, whether it's at a ball game, whether it's at the school, maybe last year we went to Silver Dollar City or we go to the beach. Guess who I'm watching, right? Like, I love to watch all the kids play ball. But if my kid's on the field and I'm not coaching and I'm just there as a fan and I'm just trying to watch, guess who I'm watching? I'm watching my kid. That's who I'm there to watch, right? So in the same context, in this in this piece of scripture, the relationship has God focused on Job. That's what draws, that's what's drawing him. It's the relationship and the devotion. Yes. It's the kinship. Yes. It's all of the above. Well, I mean, you gotta think about the relationship going back to, you know. Verse verses one through five, the relationship that he has to have to continually, even though his kids may dude. not be living correct or the way that he has taught them, because there's not a big background no. on his kids, no. but the relationship that he has that he still continually daily. Okay, put it. Let's put it in modern terms. Okay, let's put it in in a way that we are today. The continual prayer. The continual covering, the continual blessing, the continual striving, the continual striving to teach them the things of God, the continual saying, hey, I'm going to church, come with me, the continual saying, hey, let's pray together, the continual saying, hey, you're not living your life correctly, but I'm still going to tell you the things of God. Yeah, that's what I try to tell people right now, like we're in this season where uh, I think people have somehow convinced themselves that like they age out of church or something. And they're like, you know, 18, 19 year old. And they're like, oh, my kid won't come to church. Won't come to church. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, don't change anything. Like, don't, you don't have to change because your 20 year old quit coming to church. Absolutely. If anything, show them the consistent love. Show them the consistent covering. Absolutely. Show them the consistent longing for that relationship. And I think so many times we think like, I got to get them to church. No, no, no. Getting them to church is not the answer. Getting them to Jesus is. Absolutely. If you get them to Jesus, they'll get to church. Yeah. Right? So you have to live out your life in front of them. Well, that's what Job's doing. He's living out his worship in front of his kids. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. That's what he's doing. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I mean, in our context... I told somebody the other day, I said, well, you can live a sermon a lot easier than you can preach one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, who you are, I mean, this goes back to Job. God saw those qualities, those attributes in Job yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. This wasn't like a once a week thing. This was continually. Yeah. And I think that's where well, we just get one confused. Of- one of the greatest things in these last several months that I've I've learned from my earthly father, my dad, um, you know, when you're when you're a kid growing up um, and you're becoming a man, you know, you become a teenager, you always want to be on your own. Like I got that's that's how I was. I don't know if it's that way of everybody today, but as I got older, man, because 
just being honest, I got tired of my dad saying, well, this is my house. You live by right, house, right? right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, you always, as a, as a man, you've always wanted to be able mm-hmm. to, to provide, to be able to have your own house, to have your own rules. And, um, there were some things that happened over the last several months that, um, my dad being dad still wanted to take care of me and still wanted to look after me. Yeah. And I remember the conversation we had and I told him, I was like, dad, I'm my own man now. I'm a grown man. Yeah. I can take care of this. And he just so patiently and so tenderly was like, but I'm still dad. That's right. And I want to still take care of you yeah. as your father. That's right. And man, it blessed me. You know, to to know, and it didn't have anything to do with spiritualness or anything to do with I was doing something wrong or or different. He just, he he wanted to ultimately just be a father. And yeah, I'm not living in his house and I have my own family. I have my own kids now. Right. But he still had the heart. And I I just think about that as, as we're talking about Job. Of just how important that is. Oh, man. Well. Just how important that is. to his kids. I don't think people have any idea, man. I don't think people... I wish dads knew how important that was. And I wish sons knew how important that was. Um, that's priceless. Absolutely. I mean, I mean put, a, put a price tag on that. You can't do it, man. And it's like I said on Sunday, the, the absent father in our culture, man. And I don't have time to talk about this today, but... Just go Google it. I don't care what stat you want to look at. I don't care which one it is. I don't care if it's imprisonment. I don't care if it's teenage pregnancies. I don't care if it's teen suicide. I don't care if it's this transgender demon stuff that's going on in the land. I don't I don't care. Whichever one, you pick one and you look at the statistics yeah. and you'll find a home. Well, Void of a biblical father. I talked, we, Bo and I kind of talked about it a little bit last week, and I don't remember the statistics exactly, but um, I remembered them enough to where it was a drastic difference, where if the, the, the woman of the house comes to church first, the, the likelihood of the entire house coming to church and, and being saved is like three like out 15, of 10. It was like 15 or 20% versus yeah, like two the dad, it was like versus, 95%. It was like nine, yeah. yeah, and we talked about that yeah. last week, of, and it just shows the biblical Fathers, order and the importance yeah. uh, of, of fatherhood, man. Yeah. And, and I, you, you just read the story of Job in this account, and, and you're right, as, as earlier, you know, it doesn't say much about the kids, but it says a lot about the father. Amen. And that's, that's something that's important. Oh, it's vital. It is so important to, to our relationship, um, not only with Christ, but our relationship with everyone around us. So where do we go? Uh, cause we could sit here and talk about this all day long and we need to kind of land the plane. Where do we go next week in our conversation about Job? Cause obviously, you know, what is it like 40 or 42 chapters? Forty-two. Is it forty-two chapters? Well, I guess we're, so. It's chapter verse or chapter forty-two is when it starts. Forty-one, forty-two is when it starts to turn. So you're talking so, about two to forty. So, so thirty-eight, thirty-nine chapters. So you know, obviously, 31. obviously, most of you guys aren't going to read thirty-eight chapters in a week, okay? <laughs> All right, because you're like us, and I just thirty-eight—that's a lot in a week. Um, but we encourage you, Ram, read some of this. Read some of the Book of Job. And uh, next week we'll maybe talk about some uh, how we respond to family and friends and 
mourning and questioning and all that. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. I think and what will be important to talk about next week is is Job's, Job's speech and his reply through mm, all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's good stuff, man. I, I enjoy the book of Job. I hope you guys enjoy it. I pray that you heard something today that encouraged you. I pray that you heard something today that, uh, whether it challenges, instructs, whatever word you want to use, uh, I just pray you had something today that, that helped you in your spiritual walk with the Lord. And dads, if you're listening to this, hey, I don't care if your son is 30. I don't care if your son or your daughter is five or five months. It's never, it's never too late and it's never too early. It's right now. And live it out right now and encourage you moms as well. Be that spiritual covering. Be yes. that blessing in the home, you know. Absolutely. Say, I'm raising my kids on my own. Well, love them. Lead them. Yeah. Do the best that you can. We can't We can't help everything we've been dealt, right? But we can respond to the Word of God. Oh, man. We can, we can take that. <laughs> yeah. We can take that in the account of Job and yeah, God. Yeah, I guarantee you, man. We can respond. So. Love you guys and hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Sports. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.